Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Hello and welcome to the Bright Not Broken radio show. We are very pleased this afternoon to have two wonderful guests with us and we are going to be talking about Gifted Children, Twice Exceptional and how you find help, support and many, many resources that are available through the National Association for Gifted Children. Today, uh, as our guest, along with myself, Diane Kennedy and Rebecca Banks. Rebecca, are you there? I am. So glad to have you on today. I know um, as a teacher, sometimes it's hard for us to get you in the middle of the day, so we're thrilled to have you today. And uh, as I mentioned, our guest today, Beverly Trail, she is an author uh, of um, Twice Exceptional Children, Understanding, Teaching, and Counseling Gifted Students. She's also one of the leaders of the National Association for Gifted Children's Special Populations Network. Um, She's a twice exceptional consultant, a researcher, a trainer, and a gifted education specialist. And Nancy Green is also with us. She has been the director of the uh, National Association for Gifted Children, and we're just thrilled to have both of these ladies today. We hope to bring you resources about the upcoming conference, which we're excited about, and also many, many um, of the details of all of the resources that NAGC can offer, both inside and outside of the conference. Ladies, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Diane. We're really delighted to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. And uh, let's just start right off, ladies, by giving a little bit of background here um, because we know that um, trying to find help and support is often a challenge, especially when it comes to twice exceptional and gifted children. If you could uh, give us just a brief overview of the organization, its mission, and um, who it serves. Absolutely, and I'm going to kick this one off. This is Nancy talking. Um, National Association for Gifted Children. We're based in Washington, D.C. We're a nonprofit organization, and we're primarily made up of parents, like a lot of our listeners out there, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. teachers, um, educators, and faculty members, as well as community leaders. So we have a number of the folks who work with our brightest learners across the country as part of our membership. And all of us are trying to work in concert to expand the support um, that our country provides for high-ability learners across the United States. And we also have what we characterize as a lot of just-in-time information for 
the groups that I mentioned. So there's a ton of resources on our website for parents and for teachers in terms of um, the knowledge you need to help your child succeed in primarily the public school setting. And then we have resources for teachers that look more like curriculum and uh, other kinds of um, position papers and all of the, the materials that support um, access to programs and services for our brightest learners. So uh, publications like Teaching for High Potential and Parenting for High Potential uh, come out um, sometimes monthly, sometimes a little less frequently. We have uh, books on our website, and also we have a number of webinars that are archived that listeners from all over the world can access. And the Special Populations Network has a special interest group that focuses on issues related to twice-exceptional students. And the Special Populations Network addresses the needs of children who have additional circumstances or characteristics that interfere with their academic achievement, social-emotional growth, and optimal development of their potential. So each of the networks compiles and disseminates information, develops a network of resource people to serve as advocates, uh, presents sessions at conferences, encourages and recognizes research, and generates articles. So that's that's what the Special Populations Network does. And I think there's an important – I was just going to jump in here. It's sure. Uh, there's an important point here, I think, to be made about the position of our organization nationally. And I think what makes us a little bit different than some of the other outlets for resources information, uh, as Beverly touched on, is this idea that we have the experts and the, the researchers and the scholars from the field who participate with us. So you always know that, that the materials that we post on our website and that we publish uh, are really of the highest quality and are backed up by research. So Wonderful. Well, this, this is Rebecca, and that all sounds really exciting. So if parents and professionals go to your website, then um, we can access all of this great information, um, and that's kind of the clearinghouse area for, for our access points. Yes, that's yes. probably the best place to start um, at www.nagc.org. And there is uh, a section right uh, on that home page of ours that um, targets parents specifically and uh, leads parents through all of the opportunities that there are to access um, all the kinds of information that we've we've made available for parents over the years. So. Um, I think it is a really information-rich website uh, in many ways. And From professionals the, uh, who, I'm sorry, professionals who no, subscribe, who join NAGC also get the Gifted Child Quarterly, and one of the upcoming mm -hmm. issues will have will be dedicated to twice exceptional students. That's that's very exciting. I know as a parent going in and discovering that um, my children were gifted, that knowing where to start was, was such a challenge. And then to discover that the, the the second exceptionality was also there and knowing how to merge these two worlds together, and I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was just quite a challenge to find the answers. And it's just really encouraging that you all have so much in one place where parents and professionals both can 
get up to speed, if you will, on on just um, what what the characteristics of our children are and how to help them. I know that you all are um, going to host a convention in November. It's the largest annual convention devoted to gifted learners at each fall. And um, I know um, I was there a couple of years ago, and the conference is, is so big. It can seem a little overwhelming if you've never attended. And with so much great information happening in one place, will you explain some of the highlights and how this event is structured to maximize effectiveness for uh, a diverse group of attendees, such as parents and professionals and researchers? Uh, sure, and I'll, I'll read off on that one, I guess. This is Nancy. I, I think I'm going to be attending my ninth national convention <laughs> this year for NACC. It's hard to believe that so many years have gone by, but it does move around the country, and we really try to host this convention in states that have at least uh, a strong state group uh, of supporters who are both teachers and parents, and also um, state policies that uh, really support uh, our brightest learners um, uh, through curriculum and services. And Colorado just happens to be probably one of the strongest states in the nation, and it's just very much a patchwork quilt of services in our country, and um, the federal government really does not support our brightest learners evenly um, across across all states. So it's really a pleasure to be in Colorado. Um, we have more than 350 sessions throughout the conference, so your point is well taken about um, the fact that it's somewhat overwhelming, especially for people who are coming for the first time. Uh, but I think we try to do a very good job of um, organizing uh, the conference content by strands. Um, that's a fairly common way that conferences uh, typically uh, deliver their content. Um, and Bev, I know you're going to talk a little bit more about what's available for uh, special populations and for parents. Um, I would just begin by saying we have um, 15 different strands, everything from middle schools and, and what um, middle school teachers need to early childhood to creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the one place that all of these folks who um, serve bright learners come together once a year to get really excited about what they do on behalf of kids. We have student entertainment um, from the local community that comes in to perform for us. Uh, there are what we call action labs where our teachers at the beginning of the conference can go out and see programs firsthand and how they work. Uh, so we just try to deliver a very uh, diverse set of experiences, I guess, for the attendee. And uh, certainly we have primarily gifted coordinators and teachers uh, of the gifted at this conference, but we also have, as I mentioned earlier, the university faculty, and then of course we have the parents um, and also folks who are uh, attending from the counseling areas and so on. So um, maybe I'll kick it over to Bev at this point to talk a little bit more specifically about some of that content. Yes, we have many sessions for professionals uh, in Twice Exceptional that are linked to research, such as Twice Exceptionality and Psychological Issues. 
uh, can special support change the psychological outlook for these children? We know that there is a connection between, uh, you know, the social-emotional needs of twice-exceptional students and their success in later life and in school. And so it's it's nice to get that uh, research perspective on it. And then we also have top uh, sessions that look at practical in- instructional strategies. Uh, we have others that look at social-emotional needs of twice-exceptional students and um, ones that focus on dyslexia and working me- memory. So we have a broad range of of sessions that professionals can choose from. And then our parent day has well-known speaker uh, Dr. Richard Olenchek, who will talk in, who will speak on they say my child is gifted now what? And Jonathan Plucker who's going to talk about research on gifted education. Jacqueline Medina will talk about uh, gifted students in Colorado and then Linda Silverman will do a presentation on upside down brilliance the visual spatial learner. Um, then during lunch, uh, about 50 uh, experts will come in, and people who have signed up can choose which topics they want to uh, talk to these professionals. It will focus on topics like um, identification, stress, perfectionism, underachievement. And then um, the final speaker will be Jim Delisle and a student panel talking about what it means to be gifted. So I think we have a great day plan plan for our parents. And if I can ask just a quick question here to clarify that. Now, if parents are not able, of course, it would be just extremely beneficial for them to attend the entire conference. Sometimes schedules and so forth don't allow. Uh, parents are able, if you've, if you've said this, please correct me, but they can just attend on the parent day if um, if that's all they can do. Am I right? There's a one yes, day? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. during that parent day, they also get to go to two sessions, that, general sessions um, okay. of their choice. Okay, and those are the keynote addresses, the general sessions. Is that correct? No, I mean they can. No, they can go to specific. Um, oh, I see. Uh, concurrent right. sessions and poster right. sessions of their okay. choice. Oh, I see. I see. So, um, so they've got quite a quite a lot to choose from then, if they're only able to attend. But of course, we would recommend, especially if you're um, if you're new, if you're really searching for some answers and resources, it is certainly um, well worth it to just make the entire trip so that you can kind of map out and and make sure you catch it all. Oh, right, definitely. and I would add to that that you know, in addition to Parent Day that Beverly just described. In uh-huh. every time frame from Thursday to Sunday morning, there's 36 concurrent sessions. I mean, you heard that right. It's a very content-rich convention, 36 sessions. So um, we always hear that uh, people can be a little bit frustrated because it's hard to choose from among um, that broad of, uh, of a list of topics. But uh, the other side of that coin is that you can find almost something in every time frame that's going to be relevant. And I think especially for parents, what I like best about Parent Day is that um, it does both things for a parent. It allows the parents who attend to really build a community. I mean, you're sitting around a table talking with other parents and sharing your challenges and sharing your information and issues. 
uh, and then you go over to the big convention center and you see the whole big world of gifted education out there and you get to go to the exhibit hall and see all the different kinds of products and services and publications. You get to hear Ridley Pearson, who is a well-known author of children's books, talking as part of the big general session for all of the 3,000 attendees. So it really does those both things quite nicely, I think, the community building as well as expanding horizons for attendees. Now, for those for those members who do um, actually go on and join NAGC, can and there is a way for them to stay plugged into these specific special populations and groups if if they, you know, want to have a way to be connected after the conference with the specific topics. Am I right about that? That's correct. And they can, if you join a network, then you get newsletters throughout the year that keep you posted on the latest research and, and articles, you know, from various members of the group. Um, it's, it's just a really good way of staying current with what's going on in the field of gifted education. Right, and an, another piece of that benefit, I think, for people uh, who are at a distance are um, the recorded sessions. We record about, uh, I believe it's about 80 to 100 hours during the convention, and then we make those sessions available on what we call our live learning center. So um, just like you go to Amazon.com or any other site, you can put these sessions into your shopping cart for a pretty small fee and then have access to some of the biggest names in Twice Exceptional and RTI and gifted education generally. Uh, and while it's not the same as being there, uh, it certainly does give you access to to some of the best presentations. So that's another way to, to connect into the content if, if you can't be part of it live. And you, you mentioned RTI, and I, I would let um, Becky ask this question, but I, I believe I noticed, if I'm right, there were some cutting-edge um, sessions on the Common Core standards. Um, that is um, something that's really big in education right now. Am I right about that? Yes, yes there are. absolutely right. Um, the organization just came out, uh, uh, and these books were developed by our experts in the field. Um, there are two new books that came out on gifted in the common core, one on mathematics and one on English language arts. And um, there is a pre-convention session, which is on that Wednesday of the event, uh, which is a full day about those common core standards and the implications for kids uh, at different grade levels, both in the area of mathematics and in English language arts. And that's another area. I'm glad you brought it up. We're going to do uh, probably a whole lot of professional development via webinars uh, in the new year that are related to exactly how to use these materials, sample lesson plans, um, and some of those uh, very useful things that teachers need to really build on the Common Core, uh, which, as you are so right, has become a real force of nature, really, across the country. <laughs> as is RTI. And um, that is something, as a as a teacher in a state that is, um, well, in my district in particular, does not uh, value gifted education nearly as much as it should. We're in one of the... the uh, less progressive states in some ways. Now, in terms of adopting the Common Core, Kentucky has been very progressive. 
However, in terms of gifted education, it's still, we are just so far behind the eight ball. And I discovered that as a parent going to NAGC, um, not as a professional, but um, when I was there looking for answers and information to um, just advocate for my own children at, um and also to help my students, what I brought back in terms of the information, uh, just the prejudice, If you, it's not a prejudice, but it's an assumption that the kids are going to do well if they're gifted and, and there's that there's still that myth out there that, you know what, the gifted kids can take care of themselves, they're going to be fine, they're going to learn no matter what. And, and adopting the Common Core and working with RTI and working specifically on our intervention committees um, because we're in a turnaround, I'm in a turnaround school, and one thing that I am pushing more than anything is, yes, it's important to respond to the needs of the lower achievers. However, we have to provide enrichment opportunities, and what I mean are full enrichment opportunities for our gifted children and the children who are making the grade, if you will, in the classroom. And so um, I'm so excited that parents can go and learn about the Common Core and that educators can see lesson plans and look for ways to, within the common classroom, the general classroom, reach all of the learners that may be in there. Yeah, that's 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 a great point that you're making. And I think um, we also have other resources on RTI on our website. I know there have been a couple of really excellent books written on the topic. Um, and we have a session at the convention that's uh, specifically on RTI and the Toys Exceptional Child, mm. um, delivered by Bobby Gilman with Gifted Development Center in Westminster, Colorado, um, mm. Kathy Kearney, um, Michael Postma from Minnetonka, Minnesota. So uh, what I like about some of those uh, bigger sessions is that you get perspectives from kind of across the country on things like RTI. Uh, and we also have some position papers, and I wondered, Bev, if you wanted to talk a little bit about the position paper that we have on Toys Exceptional on our website, because that's a, a, a nice tool as well, I think, for parents. Oh, I'm glad you yes, brought sir. that up. I was going to ask. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really nice to have a position paper, and this position paper is a joint effort of between NAGC and CEC, and so mm -hmm. the Council for Exceptional Children, so you get both the gifted and the special education uh, perspective on it. But um, the twice exceptional position paper, there's one on response to intervention also. Um, since uh, getting twice exceptional students identified gifted is lots of times very difficult, there is a position paper on the role of assessments and identification of gifted students, how to use the WISC-4 for identifying gifted students, mm -hmm. and uh, redefining giftedness in a new century. All of these would be really helpful to people trying to get, to parents trying to get services for their twice exceptional student. It is. Um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Rebecca. No, what I was going to say, and it is so important that parents um, educate themselves as much as they can, especially if they are in an area where um, the giftedness is not as recognized as the ex the, the other exceptionalities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when 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 special educators encounter youth who have 
um, high IQs, the assumption is, well, they should be able to figure everything out for themselves, including the behavior, including um, the academics. And it's it's just important for parents to, to understand that um, the way that interventions are handled now, parents have a lot more options on the table than they had before with just a straight IEP. And um, the, the better educated they can be, the more that they can ask and advocate for their children. Mm-hmm. And if I can add one thing to that, that I noticed today um, as I was, you know, I've been looking at the conference, of course, since we um, have become part of it, and we're just so excited to be speaking with, with Temple Grand, and that's just a thrill that we're all um, excited about. We feel that it's a milestone for us because Temple has uh, stressed over and over again about the importance of sharing this information between communities, between autism, ADHD, and the pieces that make up the twice exceptional, um, you know, rather than keeping it segregated. But on that note, what I wanted to mention was I noticed um, a session that caught my attention today, and I know um, Becky's going to be thrilled about this as well, and we'd like to tell our listeners, and that is there's a session with Jillian Gates, um, further research to support the idea of misdiagnosis of giftedness as ADHD. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that we couldn't stress enough how important um, of a topic that is, given that ADHD tends to um, overdiagnose in behavioral issues versus some of the characteristics that are giftedness but are missed as giftedness. Mm-hmm. And the misdiagnosis is that many of our twice-exceptional students get uh, mm-hmm. along the way can be very discouraging for them. Mm-hmm. Right, and and we ourselves were, as we've talked about before and, and we've discussed in our book, Bright Not Broken, that um, it's easy to get caught up and be just sort of all... Um, engulfed in the disability and that's where you put the giftedness on hold and it, it's what led us to realize that's actually where you need to begin is with the strengths mm-hmm. because you have um, to start yes you what, have to start with the strength yes. that's the most important yes. thing you have to do is address the strengths that's right well um is there anything else you'd like to add uh becky no not at all. I've just um I'm so excited for the to be attending and participating in this conference. I can't wait. I wanted to talk about two more sessions we have empowering twice exceptional gifted children to become self actualized and no less gifted and no more broken. Uh exploring the ten myths about twice exceptional students. Well we and certainly we have like session. that title. <laughs> And then we have a session on RTI and twice exceptional child. That should be of interest to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a, a diversity of twice exceptional, um, quite an expansive area focused on twice exceptional. Am I right? Yes, definitely. We have a I lot would of say interest. It's probably in the most we've had in in the history of our convention. Yeah, I mean, we really saw an expanded number of proposals submitted this year on these topics. That's fantastic, and I I know Dr. Grandin is just um, really excited about that, and I know she will be about um, seeing so much of the Twice Exceptional brought in because she feels like the gifted information has got to be first and foremost when we're talking about Twice Exceptional. 
Right, and I would also add that uh, I failed to mention the other general session speaker, uh, who is Jonathan Mooney, and he's wrapping up mm-hmm. the conference on Sunday. And right. In fact, we're allowing parents who are just there in the neighborhood um, to just attend that for a small fee if, if they are just interested in hearing him. And he's going to be talking about neurodiversity, your compass to a changing world, and how really we have to define success for these kids a little bit differently in the 21st century. That behaviors aren't all going to look the same and, and ability is not going to manifest itself the same and um, there's quite a landscape there to deal with and, and apparently he's a great speaker I haven't seen him myself but he came highly recommended by a Colorado friends well there you go mm-hmm. yes and he's also he's also twice exceptional so it's a, a first hand ex- experience that he will be sharing well, that is exciting, and I know, and we are excited too, as you mentioned about um, so many of the resources in Colorado are are advanced, as Becky pointed out, um, from where we are in our school district. So that kind of information that we can take back and share, uh, we hope will just progress things on even even further. And well, Nancy, that, oh, go ahead. I, if I just wanted, um, besides the web. Um, can our listeners find you all on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera? Um, yes. And is there anything else you all would like to add? Um, I would add there, yes, we absolutely, we have a Parenting for High Potential Facebook page that's very active, and we also have a Twitter feed. I would say, I guess, in my wrap-up comment to all of our listeners out there is that, you know, we really need parents to be educated and well-informed advocates. And uh, if you do end up browsing on our website, there's something there called an advocacy toolkit. And really what that is is just lots of different ways to make the case for services for bright and twice exceptional learners. So I encourage all of you to think about that a little bit in in your environments where you are so that we can all make a difference on behalf of these kids. Wonderful. And That's I would like this helpful. Go ahead, and Barbara. I would like to say to to sum up that I just think it is so important that that if you have a twi- twice exceptional child that you really look at the gifted part of this child and uh, become active in the National Association for Gifted and really become an advocate for uh, gifted students and your child. Ladies, you've been very informative today. I think helpful. I think it's a wonderful roadmap that we've laid out here. And, of course, um, anybody who is even still unsure about attending, I can say, um, as Becky pointed out when we were there several years ago, um, the staff, everyone, anyone who has to do with Gifted uh, is so helpful. You'll find new friends. You'll always find somebody to steer you um, and help guide you through this wonderful conference. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. We look forward to meeting in Denver very soon. We do, too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.